minutes. Uh, do you expect Lionel to show Barkov who's the daddy here in Finland? Whoa. So welcome to Europe, eh? I never get asked a question like that. I've, first of all, I'm not even sure what that means. I'm old. Um, I think it'll be a great contest. Pucks in Deep Podcast, Episode 9, Hot in Coley's Basement. Who's your daddy, Lesko? We're trying to figure out who is the daddy. <laughs> Who's going to be the daddy? That is by far like my favorite soundbite, maybe of the season so far. I didn't really catch on to it at first. That... Oh, oh that, yeah, that weird <laughs> noise that Maurice let out. Yeah, his, what? Oh. That was hilarious. That was the best part. Yeah. I didn't really catch that the first time, and that was tweeted out at uh, at us by a, a faithful uh, follower. Thanks for that. And Man, oh, man, that was hilarious. Oh, it was great. I, like, I watched it several times, and I knew we had to come in with that. Alongside the uh, intro track, I guess really the only track, I think, that just plays on loop when you're rocking NBA Jam on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I don't know if there's a different I think tune. that's the only tune. Like, it plays all the way through the menus. Oh, the menus for sure. And, like, at the... I'm wondering about the gameplay. I can't There remember. is no there music There is no the music. Gameplay. You're right. The, the the best part of the gameplay, other than Sweet Jams, is the <laughs> commentator and the shit he says. <laughs> From downtown. Yeah. No good. Ugly shot. Ugly shot. That guy, that yeah. Guy, yeah. A rebound. We used to play uh, a drinking game when I was in university, and He's it was all up. based on number of drinks being assigned, um, based on what the guy said. And so, like, oh, yeah, so like boom shakalaka, and like whatever he said had different corresponding amounts of drinks. And that then the is best was phenomenal. When you, uh, if he smashed the glass like on a dunk, yeah, then yeah. your opponent had to chug his beer. Okay, well that's great. That's yeah. obviously <laughs> yeah. great. It was good. One of my favorites uh, was the. I don't know. You you do like a fucking hundred somersaults from like the three point line. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then just slam it home. Like, yeah, man, what a game! Rocking Charlotte or the Bulls? The yeah, only the only good team. Yeah, Charlotte was phenomenal. Pre Raptors too. Yeah, definitely pre Raptors. Yeah. So Lonnie proved he is the daddy. In fact, over in Helsinki. Would you Had, call him the Hattie? The daddy. Hattie Daddy. Yeah, because like he sniped that. three in the first game in Finland. And then comes back and scores another, uh, I guess, to surpass his season goal total before they, they went overseas. Yeah. He had three, I believe, going into that. I mean, like a, a welcoming home of sorts, Well, I they, guess? the fans were all fired up because he was there, and he did not disappoint. I mean, he put on a put on a clinic over there. The only thing that would have been better is if they would have been able to see the uh, sweet hands in the shootout from Sasha Barkov. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's... Right, uh, that would have been nice. It was all about line A over there, yeah. and he came ready to play, and you can't ask for a better result if you're the NHL, though. I mean, he's clearly the biggest name, the biggest star. Well, he's a huge name coming out of Finland. There's lots of names coming out of Finland right now. I mean, Sebastian Ajo is, is making a name for himself right now. He's a mainstay in in fantasy for sure. We'll touch on fantasy later on in this episode as well. We're going to cover a couple of listener questions today, too. Let's go. We're kind of picking from all different areas. For yeah, we got lots episode. to cover, lots of content. Yeah. It was an exciting uh, exciting week. 
Leafs got back on track, so we'll get into that a little later on. Quickly on the Finland thing, I was excited when I was talking to you uh, before we started recording, uh, and I wanted the listeners to know about that 2 o'clock thing. So every Saturday at 2 o'clock, I don't know if it's this year. It might it might be this year, but for sure next year, there's a deal moving forward. It's the, it's the game of the week in Finland. They must have a... Uh... They must have a rights carrier. It's a contract. Over there. That's yeah. it, it. It is a. It's a. It's an agreement. I don't know if it is an official contract or something, but it's. It's the game of the week in Finland, and it's Saturday, and I guess that's their. I don't know what time it is. In now, Finland. is it going to be played checked. at that time live, or are they going to be broadcasting? Like playing? No, no, like two the, o'clock Eastern time broadcasted yeah. over there. No, no, no. Two o'clock Eastern time will be. That's correct. Yeah, will be broadcast live at. Okay. At their hour, which I'm assuming would be close to prime time television. You'd have to imagine. I don't know what the uh, time difference is between here and Finland. I'm sure Siri could tell me real quick, but fuck it. Where are we going? Hot starts? Yeah, I guess. uh, most. Well, I had most surprising. I wanted to ask you who is the most surprisingly strong starters, I guess, in the first month. And then who are your most disappointing starters? starts okay so we're gonna go right into that are we i was i was hoping we were gonna go uh, a little homage to uh the islanders and arizona who of course are gonna show up right now as yeah. a part of your 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 question but they're riding five game win streaks right now it's november 5th and like there's no way anybody had the islanders and the coyotes being on five gamers and doing pretty well for them. Well, the Islanders are pretty far up the standings at the right? moment. Right. And uh, you got Anders Lee with the new captain. You got the still C. still got good players I there. Know. You know, it's just. Josh Bailey. It just came off so negative because of their off season and yeah, some of the true. questionable signings. Thanks for taking Komarov there for more money than I think any other team was likely willing to pay him. Yeah, but I just heard a caller on the the radio earlier today brought up a great point. He said, at what point are we going to stop making fun of these pickups like Komarov he alluded to, and he also alluded to uh, Valtteri Filpula? When are we going to stop laughing at them for laughing at Lou for picking up these players when it's clearly working out so far? It's still early, I guess. I don't know how much of the contributions are coming from those specific players, but... I think a lot of it has to do with Everly, Barzell, Lee, those guys hitting a stride, Bailey. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I've had I, some quality goaltending, I believe, as well. Yeah. Out of the recently sober uh, Robin Leonard, right? Yeah, Leonard and Grice. Yeah, we're going through a bit of a personal transformation there and has given them some decent hockey so far. Arizona, for sure, though, um, I didn't, I didn't realize until I looked recently that they were on that tear and I was watching their highlights yesterday, and they had mentioned that they had scored their fourth shorty in the fourth game in a row. So four shorties in four games. I, it's, it's, it's crazy. And they're leading the NHL with six or something yeah. like that. Like, that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Actually, I heard an interesting stat, too. Um, the power plays are clicking at a uh, just over 20%. I believe it was 20.3% uh, league-wide right now. But... There's so many shorties right now that if you factored those in, it actually brings the percentage down to about 17.2 or something. Wow. So like three full percent, the power play actually drops if you were to factor those in. Uh, mm. I guess I don't even know how they factored them in. Maybe they factored them in as uh, non-successful power plays because they gave one up. Right. So I'm not quite sure. But well, I basically like the the plus minus of the power play versus the penalty kill is much much 
uh, more evened out this year than it ever has been before. There's shorties going on like crazy this year. I see Arizona as kind of uh, they're kind of where the Leafs were at almost a few years ago, maybe even their first season. I actually viewed them that way last year. It just it didn't seem to work out. But now that all those guys are a year older. They have a little bit more experience. You know, they've got some good veteran defensemen there, and they finally got a half decent goalie there in in Anti Ranta, who I think gives them a, a better chance to compete. And right now, with the way the Pacific Division is laid out, it's tight right now, and it's all over the place. I mean, it's anybody's game at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, Ranta, I like how you touch on Ranta. It's uh, He had an absolutely phenomenal, what was it, the second half of last year? Well, so the Coyotes, they went on a tear, right. I think, but by the time they were way out of it. Oh, what, 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 they, what how long they played did it take themselves to get their out fucking of, first uh, win? They played themselves out of uh, the Tallinn sweepstakes, unfortunately. Oh, man, oh, man. That took them forever to get their first win. But I mean, like right now, like that team needs to win, though. It's about time. Yeah. Like, like you, figure it out. They got some centermen there. Finally, they got Galchenyuk, a step on, decent centerman. Like you say, though, I mean, uh, sixth in the division right now, and the Pacific Division is a bit of an anomaly to me. Let's go. Somebody's got to emerge. Nobody is emerging. We talked about. Yeah. I feel like we talked about this on the last pod. Like, I mean, I'm looking at it again right now, and the top three are Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton. Like, what? Yeah, and credit due to to Vancouver, I guess. Who, if you want to move into, I guess we're still on surprising starts, and sure, Vancouver can sure. make that list absolutely. And a lot of it's on the back of Elias Patterson, and maybe taking some teams by surprise, I think as well. Um, they yeah. drafted really well the past few years, um, outside of a bunch of brutal ass signings that seem to be giving them you yeah. know, a lot of progress. Where are we go? Yeah, where are we going? Yeah, with what these kind signings? of team are you? And it seems that they're trying to drift by even though everyone still i think pegged them for last right but I now mean, you can't I, just put every young guy in though right not every right. young guy can just oh well you're taking away time from our young budding players well sometimes that affects the young budding players in a negative way so you got to be careful you got to pick and choose your battles clearly petterson he belongs in the league well and he he's he's a reason to watch that team on a nightly basis he um, is and that's exciting oh absolutely and it's great for vancouver fans because they haven't you know things have been kind of on the downslope, I guess, for the last few years, you, you lose the Sedins, uh, who finally take retirement there last year. But yep. uh, good for them to get off a strong start. I don't know how sustainable it is in the long term, but, you know, gives them, uh, you know, gives them a shot at uh, some hope anyway. <laughs> yeah, so for me, man, like if I, I mean, I know, I know ideally you'd like me to narrow it down and pick out a team or two that's just not answering the bell. I, I'm just going to leave it general and say the Pacific Division is, yeah, is surprising me. That's a me. fair answer. The the Pacific Division is really surprising me, and not just the way it looks right now as of November 5, but just in general how no one really seems to be taking control. So if you look throughout the other uh, respective divisions, just quickly at the top, um, Calgary leads with 19 points in 15 games. They're Nash- coming around too. Nashville leads the Central Division with 22 in 14 games. Tampa leads the Atlantic with 21 in 14 games, and then the Metro is actually the Metro is kind of similar to the Central in in that the Islanders lead, which is a bit of a surprise, and they've got 17 points in 13 games. So again, much much similar, much more similar to. Uh, 
the Flames leading the Pacific with 19 points in 15 games. So those two divisions are kind of just saying, all right, we'll just continue playing along here. But we all know what happens at American Thanksgiving, Lesko. If you're not in, it's not looking good for you. You start making turkey dumps. It's not looking good for you if you are not in, whether it be by fucking one point or seven points. It is very rare to see much change every year. After American Thanksgiving, I believe it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 80-some percent. It's very high. You're going to make the show, or the dance, I should say. That's usually about 20 games. 20, 20 games 20, in, yeah. Games yeah. And that's exactly what I texted you earlier today. I said, I want to make sure we talk about that 20-game mark. Let's let's try and spin off your question about surprising starts and some slumps. And who's who? Who's crying wolf? Who's actually going to be good? You know, is is a team like Calgary going to continue? Maybe not leading the division, but are they going to be uh, a guaranteed slot in the top three? It's wide open, I would say, outside of San Jose. I mean, you got to figure they'll, they're going to come around. Um, oh, I agree. And I, I, I I need to agree. I have fucking well, I mean, Carlson in the pool. Well, I they're, need him. They they you look on paper Idiot. at the whole division, and they they seem the surest bet to at least. Yeah, get it going. I agree. Um, but it, other than that, anybody's game. So like, if Arizona keeps tearing it up, if Calgary stays strong, Edmonton, you know, continues to do all right, they'll find themselves all in a good good position. Um, you know, it's wide open for Vancouver to have a, a an opportunity too, especially if you know um, some of the teams we were talking about yeah. continue to have slow starts. Uh, Philadelphia is one I wanted to mention to get outside of that division, just because yeah. every year I feel like they've remained relevant and gotten better and yet they still i i is, is it the defensive side is it the lack of goaltending it's usually a lack of goaltending with philly right they have a <laughs> historical issue since the 70s haven't had a goalie since ron hextall yeah, basically basically yeah. and uh you know i figured you know they're they i guess they don't have jvr right now which doesn't help them at all that was their big acquisition in the off season yeah but listen they're minus 11 right now goals for and, goals and a against. team that's supposed to score so what, J- JVR's got, let's give him yeah. seven, eight. You no, know, those guys have got to get minus. it done. I figured they were going to get rolling, and you, uh, you saw the year that uh, Drew and Voracek and Sittmans and those guys had last year, Gostaspier as well. Um, none of those guys are, are producing nearly to their potential at the moment. The Metro is worse. What with... Uh, oh, the Metro is just worse in general, <laughs> fuck. They're, they only have two teams that are plus. Islanders are plus 12, and I mean plus for goals for and against, okay? I'm not into the fucking core. I'm not into bringing Corsi, all this stuff, when we're talking about how teams are doing lately. Oh, but there's zone entries. I understand all that stuff is really important when you're digging into an actual team. Like, I like doing it for the Leafs when we dig into the Trying Leafs. Trying to find out if it's not just a yeah, trend. I like digging into that stuff. But but when you're looking at it, and it's it's pretty cut and fucking dry here. Like, the Islanders are plus 12, the, the Penguins are plus 5, and then everyone else is minus. And then in the Metro, at least Arizona is lurking down there. And I really like your pick because they're plus 11 somehow, but they're down there. They've only played 12 games. Yeah. Huge point. If Arizona wins their games in hand, like they're, 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 right, moving, up they're right up there. Right there. Like they're right up there. And plus 11. Like, man, oh, man, they've got, uh, they've got an opportunity coming up. They're playing Philly tonight. So those two teams, we were just talking about Philly. Oh, look at Philly. What can they do? You know, mm-hmm. they're kind of hovering around in no man's land. Well, time to turn it on and they have to turn it on against Arizona, who is feeling, I think, like they already have turned it on, man. They've got 35 goals for to 24 against. Some guys are stepping up, like you said. They moved on from a couple players and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think I actually uh, might have an Arizona 
uh, Coyote coming up on a fantasy uh, pick later on as well. Oh, there you go. No, I guess the other team I wanted to mention in the disappointing category um, definitely has to be the, the LA Kings, man, St. Louis Blues. Those would be the other two I wanted to talk about. Um, I'll go on the St. Louis Blues real quick, but that's the team I don't. I believe they are better than what they've shown. I mean, they've got to figure it out. Blues, right? We're talking. They blues? have to be better. They I have agree. to be. I. I What's I'm Petrangelo a, doing? Well, exactly nothing. I, I had to drop him. In my fantasy. I'm a. I'm a Tarasenko keeper for years. You know what I mean? And he is. He's got to get it him. going. Yeah, that's man. It was that bad. He had no points in like eight games or something to start the season. I was like, I had enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm not impatient sometimes. I get out of here. He's got a few points now there. I, I checked him out to, to see what he was up to there. But um, I guess L.A., though, I mean, those they're right in the basement right now and not at all where I think they expected to be uh, this early in the season. Okay, but I was just going to ask you where, did you, where did you expect them to be? I expected them to be middle of the pack more so. Running, you know, running for a playoff spot, and that's that could still happen. Now they obviously believe that drastic changes were needed because they obviously let go of their coach, fired John Stevens, and what they brought in Willie Desjardins there as the uh, as the interim, along with Marco Sturm as an assistant because they fired the assistant coach as well. That's right, and Sturm. They're doubling down on this team. I mean, they they just signed Kovalchuk. Obviously, they have some faith in this group. They signed Delhi long term. They're old. They are old, and a lot they're of people old. Wanna... They're fucking slow. Like it's not going for them. They and got a they got a goaltender that can't stay healthy. That that is causing probably a great deal of their problems right now. But the offense isn't there either. They have no first round picks in the fucking lineup because Dean Lombardi traded them all away. I don't know how a guy like John Stevens takes the fall for a team being unable to perform against other teams that have first-round picks playing in their lineups. It's kind of a weird one with John Stevens because he they brought him in last year after firing Sutter, who's there forever, and he makes the playoffs in his first year. And then within the first dozen games, or sorry, 15 games of the season, they turf him. So it, it goes to show you that, you know, who knows what's going on behind closed doors there if there's some influence of guys in the room. Um, you got to think guy like Doughty's got some say you know, in, in certain things or, you know, somebody could express a negative opinion, but well, why did he sign then? Why did he sign? Why? why because did, it's what his it, team. But what it's is Drew Doughty's team, not John Stevens. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. I know that. I don't mean, no, no. I didn't mean like why I didn't mean in, in relation to the coach. I just mean overall, like did Doughty not consider what had happened recently or like, do you think maybe that there's just a chance that he's actually in that camp where we won those cups? So who gives a fuck? Get my money, live in L.A., play, probably not win, but I already won. Well, he's definitely going to be happy there. And, yeah, there's a little bit of that you already right? won. But Do the you know? team's good enough, at least on on paper and talent-wise, Their team, the team appears, like I said, good enough to – to be to a, a bubble team, to be somewhere, right? Ex what the fuck is that? And don't well, tell me. And don't tell me. Oh, all you gotta do is make playoffs. 
Now, they're a prime example of that because all they did was just barely make the playoffs well, that's what I, when they won their first cup. Exactly, and they feel like they're a little <laughs> bit better on paper, right? And they just make the playoffs just yeah, like they did but, last year. But San Jose is better on paper than they're playing right now. Anaheim is better on Oh, yeah, their competitors paper. are for sure. And given how so wide open the, the division is, they could recover for this, and they might have looked at the teams above them right now and thought, okay, we'll hit the reset button, grab a new coach, give that a shot because they're not – I don't think they're torching that lineup yet. And they and we talked about this earlier in that it's not so easy as the GM thinking, okay, we need to rebuild or we need to retool on the fly. I mean, uh, that's the kind of decision that often ownership and higher-ups have to weigh in on. Well, I just don't know how you can retool on the fly coming out of what Dean Lombardi set this franchise up for which depleted the system because like there's nothing knocking on the door as far as i'm aware the train is fucking off the rails baby like you needed tyler Toffoli to be like phil kessel and he showed a lot of promise or, or like, i think they were expecting him to be further along at this point that's what i yeah you said that off air right and i like that point that's why i'm saying you needed him to be like a phil castle kind of guy like not necessarily a cornerstone but nearly a cornerstone yeah they need player. more secondary scoring for sure outside of jeff carter like i don't want to go through all of these because it'll take too long but like basically i circled all the firsts and i circled some some the one trade was bad names. the lucic trade was a big mortgage yeah but of, let me get let me get assets. to that because that came later though it started in 2010 i wanted to bring up the dates because right it started in 2010 when at the draft floor they started flipping draft picks around and they sold uh they sold two draft picks for one to Florida. They ended up picking, I, I, I can't, what was his name again? For, Forbert. Forbert. Yeah. Like, who the fuck is that? And Florida <laughs> ended up choosing Bukestad and Zucker. So, like, obviously, if you have confidence in your um, scouting and your your management and, and from the scouting perspective, you should be able to allow them to make some picks. But, you know, they didn't have to trade all these picks away because, like you're saying, one of them came later and it was for Lucic. I mean, I don't even want to touch on that one yet because it's the fucking worst one of all of them. <laughs> but, like, and then in February 2011, they trade the first rounder away for Dustin Penner. Um, oh, now, yeah. again, all of these lead to cups, right? Yeah, so all they win of these cups. lead to cups. Yeah. So they win cups. But the point is, I'm not trying to downgrade all these trades. I'm just trying to bring up the argument where, like, if you don't give a fuck because you won the cups, then that's fantastic, and you can't complain right now about the team being bad. But if you're not okay with the Cups, then you're probably upset with Dean Lombardi for making all these moves when you consider that if they would have made some smart moves, they could have won at least one, right? Maybe another one, but they didn't have to salvage everything. They didn't have to salvage the near future. I think Dean Lombardi, obviously, you know, finally, finally time ran out on that guy because they just didn't make enough progress since the last cup at all. If anything, you know, just got older and slower, essentially um, lost their ability to, to be a competitive threat on a nightly basis. Um, it, but he left the coverage bare and we're seeing the consequences of that yeah. now, whereas they'd rather pull up a guy like Kovalchuk, find, sign some plugs, you know, 
get some guys in the lineup, and as opposed to bringing up guys through the system, they don't have any because they don't have any. They and, don't have any. But you know, and I, I talked about this earlier as well as the argument at the end of the day, and why Dean Lombardi got a free pass for as long as he did. He did because he won cups, and yeah, that's you're it. Right. Like you can you can ride that to the bank. But I mean, like Braden Shen and Wayne Simmons for Mike Richards. for Mike Richards, yeah. brutal. But Jack they won John- a cup, so nobody cared. Jack but Johnson, now we go back, right? Jack Johnson and a first round for Jeff Carter. Now, of course, again, that one's pretty good. Yeah, huge, huge players, right? Huge players, but so many first round picks gone, and then the final one, it all accumulates into Milan Lucic for a 2015 first round pick, Colin Miller, and clear your ears, Martin Jones. Yeah. And that's just because he, Martin Jones. he was ready to be a starter, but they didn't trade him. No one understands with the value of a potential starter. That's right. for sure. Because yeah, it was the very next year he signed with uh, San Jose as like, and he was highly sought after. I believe. I in know, that but free it's period. just poor asset management. I don't care about you not being able to look into a fucking crystal ball and say, "Oh, that guy's going to be amazing." Let's not trade him. I know you can't do that, but. Uh, it's especially getting the, it's with getting the value. It's like, getting the value, fuck. exactly. Man, oh, man. Uh, the, the one that didn't age well, and I didn't even like it at the time, and it was a long time ago, was the Simmons and Shen trade for Mike, uh, Mike Richards and the Prospect or something, or Peck, whatever you said. Um, that one, I mean, they would love to have those two guys I know. right now. And, and Ben Bishop. Wouldn't, yeah. they, wouldn't they love to have yeah. Ben Bishop, who they acquired? Well, they would like to have a, a, a decent backup right now, I think. What and you would that? think, given uh, Quick's injury history, they would have a better one on hand. I don't know. Poor L.A., man. I really looked into that thing. I got fucking chicken scratches all over the place, paying for moves. Oh, that's what I wanted to say, man. The uh, other sports. Other sports will just will just abandon ship. Like, as soon as, it's, as, soon as there's no fucking chance that we're going to contend at all, like even for playoffs, let's say, then we just fold it in because we can acquire some picks and become really strong a lot sooner. Yeah, it's like they're doing the. Uh, I don't want to use the word rebuild, but it's it's just it's there. Like that's just the what that's what you have to do. You can't middle. They've done what Detroit has done for years and middling for the playoffs and for mediocrity in the recent downfall of the Red Wings over the last several years. That was their issue. It but was, their pockets was were full. signing. Signing plugs and and trying to get in the playoffs, right? Because it was just maintaining this this streak, right, of being this consecutive playoff team, but not really. Well, and playoffs is free money. Not looking further into the into the future in terms of actually being competitive teams, like teams that can challenge for championships for winning. That's right. Like people, I I th- I think that the parity with. But again, the you get a pass, good. right? Kenny Holland gets a pass. Because of all, you know, same with Dean Lombardi. For years and years, they got a pass because yeah. of the cups. And Cloud might, might cloud your judgment, but it earns you enough respect to keep doing your thing for long enough. What's Dubis? Uh, is he going to get a pass on Nylander? Well, if that if we got we got time for that later. We'll, don't even <laughs> don't even mention the name yet. We we're, we're we're still in the first segment. All right, all right, all right, all right. So well, I wanted to talk a little bit about that Vancouver Colorado game. If you haven't seen it, check out the highlights. It was what six five, I believe, in overtime. Oh, ridiculous! Unbelievable game. Uh, just the the sheer talent on the ice. Obviously, with that McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landeskog line, uh, they put up some nice numbers. But Elias Patterson. Five points. Five points. Just on a tear. Like what a we talked we already mentioned him earlier, but what what a thrill to watch that kid is. You know, I'm so glad that he's back. Uh I'm so glad that he's healthy and they didn't rush him back. I, I think it was I don't know if I want to say 
precautionary, but maybe that is what I'm saying. Like, I wonder it's if all, maybe, it's all precautionary. Yeah. Though. If they just kind of held him out, you know, he's, he's young and, and man, like, let's not, let's not, uh, beat around the bush here. That guy's fucking tiny, man. Like he's a yes, stick. Yes. He's a fucking stick. He, he could use some meat there to, but you know, so was Mitch, the stitch martyr. When yeah. He came in. Like yeah. he was just a little fucking kid trying to find the, the locker room to meet the pros. Oh, you are one. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Here's your stall, you know, right over here. So the he'll he'll grow into his body and he'll get uh, he'll get bigger, stronger, faster, and that's only a great thing for obviously Vancouver, but you know the league as a whole. It's really exciting to see, like you said earlier, talent out in markets that you might not normally flip on the television. So you're like, man, I'm going to throw that on because. Pedersen, At least as a Leaf fan, anyway. Yeah, sure. Or, the, or whatever um, fan you are, it's exciting. It brings your eyes to it. He 100% is the far and away Calder front runner in the early going. I don't even see anyone touching him at this point. No, he, he, he'd he have to miss time. Yeah. He'd have to miss time yeah. to, to, to lose it at this point. I mean, It just doesn't look like anyone's anywhere close to his level as far as rookies go this season. Yeah, I mean, we did see the fact, though, that they'll they'll overlook your, your injury. Well, McDavid should have won. He wasn't out for too long, I guess, either. So no, Patterson's not. No, that's not. That's not significant enough at all. And not when you come back and snipe five points in one game. I know he was second star of the week. I was just gonna say, like he was getting star of the week, right? For for his efforts. So I mean, absolutely fantastic. And again, you know, we touched on it at length earlier. Vancouver off to a great start. So you know, the people that drafted Patterson. I don't know where he went in Yahoo's. He went high enough in high my enough draft. For me too. I remember and like, I, oh, okay. I was considering him but just wasn't especially given Vancouver, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> I was willing to gamble too high of a pick. Like you always want to play it pretty fairly safe, I find they're really going. But yeah, I think the people who gambled on him are it's paying off because oh, he's right up there in terms it, of an inch right? scoring. You know what? I should have uh, I should have prepared something like that for fantasy uh, tonight. Maybe I'll do that on the next pod real quick. Is is some uh, you know some some real some real shockers and some slow guys starting? I mean, like I'm looking at one every fucking night in Eric Carlson, waiting for him to fucking do something. Yeah, <laughs> he does nothing. And then I have uh, Doughty in another one of my pools, and he's not fucking doing anything either. And I'm like, man, are you guys serious? Like I stepped up and like picked you guys up because I was feeling you know, points coming from you guys. Even if the team wasn't doing fantastic, those guys still get points. They're D-men. They pass it up to the forwards. I drafted real high uh, defensemen as well, yeah. or uh, defensemen really high in my fantasy pool, and I, I picked up Ghost, and he's done pretty much jack shit at this point. <laughs> Petrangelo was another one. I fucking dropped him. I can't believe you dropped <laughs> Petrangelo. That's so I'm, rude. Oh, man, he, like, he's doing rude. brutal. Like, I picked up... Uh, Oh, and I had sorry, and I had McAvoy go on the IR after a great start, and then Victor Hedman go on the yeah, IR. Yeah, so my as defense well. was in shambles within like two weeks of the season starting. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I I looked at all my teams across. I got three pools, I got three Yahoo pools, and I looked at them all across the board, and I was like, I have good defense, which I never do. I never pay attention to fucking defense. I'm always like, whatever. I'll just get forwards. Then I start losing weeks to guys that have 
every slot filled on defense. And it's just like, man, why would I not try and find some of the upper echelon D-men? Because no one else has those guys. They're worth drafting early for that yeah. exact reason because there's only a handful of them. Right, and there's the so many forwards. The guys who score 50-plus points as a defenseman. So you need to get on those early because they can be the difference makers because there are so many forwards that will get right. you over 50. And those D-men you speak of, the plus 50 D-men, those are pretty consistent guys. Yeah. And that's why right now we're sitting here fucking bitching about EK and uh, and Doughty right now because they're doing fuck all. So I need this coaching change in L.A. to change some shit up, Doughty. I feel like this is goddamn karma for when you let you let it out. That you were just dicking the Leafs around. I he wasn't just dick, he wasn't dicking the Leafs around. He was dicking his own team around. He was trying to get them to pay up. Yeah, but I still feel dicked because I was the fan that was like, <laughs> "Hey, did I? You did bought I, into that? Did I hear that Doughty said there was some interest? Yeah. Do I really put anything into it? No, not really. Not at this point anymore. I would have if certain players didn't, uh, you know, join our team recently. Like we've changed. Doughty's still, I feel like the. The missing piece. I feel like if you take him off of L.A. and put him on Toronto right now, you all of a sudden identify Toronto as a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, well, yeah. You know. With a guy like that. That ship is sailed. Sorry, we got Morgan Riley. It's huh? true. That's very true. <laughs> we'll t- and we'll touch on Riley in our second half for, for sure. sure. Because what he's been off to time a fucking you want to do that fantasy phenomenal phenomenal since start. we're already talking about that? Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. We're, we're here. We're here for fantasy and... Uh, what was it? Uh, Pipes, one of our dedicated listeners uh, at Aaron Miracle on the Twitter sphere, uh, throws us a question at PuckPod. Uh, that's where you find us on Twitter. The Pucks and Deep podcast can be found at PuckPod. Um, uh, myself at Coleman42 and at Lesko Adam, uh, if you want to hit us up. So, Pipes, uh, thanks for listening, bud, and uh, appreciate the assistance with uh, kicking things off with the Twitter questions. So, He's uh, he's calling me out on Troy Terry, Lesko, because yeah, because you you shit the bed there. Yeah, but you know what? Fuck, like <laughs> John Gibson got my memo. Okay, John Gibson got the memo that the that the Ducks were going to be good this year, and he has been basically the only one. Uh, Ricard Raquel, I went high on Ricard Raquel because he's triple eligibility, and he plays. Every fucking Sunday, basically, the guy's playing. So he's great their best pickup, player right? now. Yeah, and he's their best player. So I picked up those two guys, and I'm, 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 I still feel like I'm gonna get my value out of both of those guys. But then I also late, late in the draft, I took a flyer on Troy Terry because he was skating on all line rushes, all practices, all preseason games. He was getting the number one unit look, and it was already said by Carlisle, stated by Carlisle that he was gonna be given a shot with the big guys. Now there's been some injuries and stuff. But he played full games, man, like a good handful of Is he scratched now? What happened to him? They sent him down? Yeah, I I obviously should have fucking brought him up for the purpose of the conversation, (laughs) but I don't even want to touch on it. I'll I'll type his name into into, uh, Yahoo I was going to say, they sent him back to the minors? I think they may have. Oh, boy. Yeah, not active. Yeah, sent down. Oh, big fucking question mark right next to his name. So, so fantasy doesn't even know what's going on. Yeah. So no. Well, I think it just means question mark. Like he he can't be. Yeah. I don't know. He got four shots uh, in in the NHL uh, during his his few games played minus one. I couldn't not have been 
any more wrong. It wouldn't have been worth not even worth reading that stat line. I know. I know. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, but you know what, man? Like he played on the first line, and it's not my fucking problem that he couldn't have he, one go in. He has off his opportunity. Fucking shin he pad, has you opportunity. Know? You got to make the most of it. That's the, so. That's the show for you, bud. So the second half of this one, and uh, actually, it's a good. It, it's good timing. We're doing well here, Lesko. We'll probably just end our first uh, our first round the board segment here with the fantasy. A. Eh? Well, we might as well sure. take a break after this and come back and shoot the shit on some Leafs. Unless uh, over the course of these ensuing conversations, you think is something that uh, that we missed, but I think we got pretty much got it all. I think we're good. Um, okay, yeah. So pipes. Uh, sorry about Troy Terry, man. I really do apologize. I'm gonna try and make it up to you now, though, with a, a couple of options. Um, hopefully, you're paying attention to it tonight or tomorrow because this is basically for this upcoming week and the next week. There's a couple of interesting pickups for the next two weeks because some teams play a lot. Uh, over the next two weeks. So his second uh, question was if if we had any fantasy pickup ideas. Did you have any? Uh, did you do you have any time to come yeah, up with? Yeah, I had a, I had a couple, uh, and it was on, it was funny because I was looking through. You know, obviously I just looked through my own waiver wire, and there wasn't a whole lot appealing yeah, yeah. at the moment. Right. Um, Cam Fowler's one came to mind. He got three goals last night, so yeah, o- you know, might OT be, winner. He might be a little late on that one, but he's uh, he seems to be stepping up for the Ducks right now on the back end. Um, the other one I looked actually at my IR, so um, I got Brady Kachuk on the IR right now. But in your league, he could be on the waiver wire, and they are expecting him back next week. Uh, even though uh, Ottawa is going a little bit off the rails there recently, um, somebody's got to score some goals for them, and I assume he would get right back into the top line. Uh, you know, if he's ready to go when he's healthy. Yeah, I mean. Um I actually heard that on the radio uh, coming home from work. Uh, it, it's nice to hear because he was a real exciting player, man. Like, he was one of those guys that made it interesting for me to turn the television on and watch them play. Well, he gives something for the fans to watch. And yeah. Along with Shabbat. I mean, yeah. they, all 11,000 of, of them. That's the. Oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> that is the future of that team. <laughs> That's actually not an exaggeration either. It was like 11 Is two. it really that bad 11, right now? I had a picture Jeez. of it on my phone. I here. thought they sold out a game recently. I don't know why or how. No. <laughs> what? Maybe. maybe somebody Photoshopped people in the seats. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I, I thought I had Maybe they gave away a that. lot of tickets. Was it like 11,000? Weren't they giving away tickets to the home opener? Well, probably giving away tickets to every game. Except for the Leaf game. They've been pretty exciting, though. I'm not going to lie. Um, okay. All right. So, uh, Kachuk. Yeah, coming off the IR. Coming he's off worth, the IR. He's worth looking at, I would say. Anything um, else? Another one I would say, uh, it looks like Minnesota's picking up a little bit. And it's funny because I'm, ne- I'm never here nor there on those guys. Yeah. I, I always say, like, on them too. I don't know. Maybe they'll make the playoffs. Maybe they won't. But if they do, it doesn't matter because they probably won't fucking do anything. Sure. That's how I feel about Minnesota generally, and there's nothing that sticks out. I agree with you. But Everyone's like they're that. They're picking up a little bit. You might, you could find, uh, uh, sorry, Eric Stahl out there. Okay, I know yeah. he was drafted probably in most pools, but after a slow start, could have got dropped. Have a look for him. Jason Zucker is another one. He actually came out in that trade talk earlier. Uh, he's a good option. He has good offensive upside and off to a bit of a slow start. But if Minnesota continues to do Minnesota things, which is somehow Bruce Boudreau gets his hockey teams into the playoffs, he's worth it. It's true. I mean, they're <clears throat> excuse me, they're uh, second place in the Central Division, 18 points, 13 games. They're plus four on the goal differential, so they do score 40 goals this year. Great record at home, 5-0-2. Not so great on the road. So, um, you know, for me, I, I've said this before, Lesko, I, I, lo- I love hearing a lot about the schedule. I love looking into the schedule. 
there is a great site. I don't even know exactly what it is. I think it's Daily Faceoff that does it. Daily Faceoff is probably one of the best but, fantasy resources out there. Yeah, of course. But I, don't I just, give away all our secrets, though. No, but I mean, everybody, every <laughs> fucking idiot knows this. But like, I, not the idiot to my pool. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, then don't show them the pod. Um, okay, so yeah, games by week. It gives you a rundown of all the teams and what they and you know what games they play and against who. It's a phenomenal resource. Every to injury use. port, the lines, yeah. the power plays, the phenomenal starting goalies. Uh, phenomenal resource. So, um, <clears throat> I went. Um, I, I got a got a couple of them here. Uh, main ad of the week for sure. You're looking at Washington Capitals. So the Caps um, tonight they play. So that's a little bit of a downer because you're not obviously getting them tonight because I'm talking while they're playing, but. Um, they're on all off nights, which was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So they're all off nights uh, this week. They're also heavy next week. Uh, they play 11 in 19. So they play 11 games in 19 days. Um, your three main guys that you're looking at there are, I feel like obviously Eller is, would be a, a top one that you might find on your waiver wire, but he might be uh, selected as well. So the, the next two that um, have pretty low percentage of ownership in Yahoo are uh, Vrana and Jaskin. And both of those guys have recently seen time with Ovi. So you might want to do a little bit more research to try and find out which guy might be playing. And I would recommend following some beat reporters from Washington on Twitter and shit because they give you what line rushes are at practices and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, Vrana and Jaskin both had a look on that uh, – L1 with Ovechkin, which I feel like you and I could probably get some points playing with OV, bud. Pretty much what this is what daily faceoff is great for. You can plug in every once in a while. You check a few teams that you're interested in maybe getting a guy on or you're not sure on a guy. Check yeah. it out. Find out where he's playing in the lineup. Might not last, but it'd be good for a little temporary pickup. Yeah, and boost. I mean, yeah, and temporary pickups are kind of mostly what I'm going for uh, on the pod. I feel like if we're going to talk about it, I I'm going to want to start doing a little bit more research on a weekly basis and maybe we can just talk fantasy for like five or six minutes uh, at the end of every opening segment around the boards. We'll close up with some fantasy. If anyone wants to shoot some questions, they can. Um, so the next one is a big one, New Jersey Devils. Uh, so they play 12 games in the next 22 nights. So that's another good pickup, meaning if you made that pickup for this week, you don't necessarily have to get rid of him because he doesn't play a lot uh, in the following week. This is a good example. So again, like from New Jersey. Washington. Uh, so from New Jersey, we're looking at uh, Vatanen would be a, a good uh, pickup on the D side because uh, I know we were just talking about a lot of uh, open slots on defense, and I don't know why that is. So Vatanen would be a good option there. And uh, you might be mining a little bit deep uh, down this well, but uh, Zajac would likely be available on a lot of pools. So um, he gets ice time, which is, which is obviously key. Uh, but the biggest one for me, and I circled his name, and I was really hoping that you weren't going to steal it on me because you were talking about Minnesota. Uh, they are very, very interesting because they play four games this week and they play four games next week. And if you're listening to this tonight, you're lucky because their four games this week start tomorrow. They go Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, and then I believe Sunday. I'm not 100% on that. But Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, weekend. So you can get this guy, and I'm talking Jordan Greenway. So Jordan Greenway has been seeing some top-line time up there with Stahl, uh, who's been ripping it up. And I know that you've been – well, not ripping it up, but he's been playing well. Like, he played extremely well last year. Like, he was very high-rated 
in Yahoo Fantasy last year, and I think I picked him up halfway through the season. Good pick last year. You end up tearing it up, and I was so I was considering just, keeping him. This guy you just mentioned, that this guy Jordan Greenway. Greenway? Yeah, never heard of him. Never you, heard you, of him. You could have made yeah. You could have made up a name. And I would have been like, no, not a player. <laughs> that's not- an that's an NHL creative player. <laughs> okay, so let me see here. I'm just typing. I'm typing him into Yahoo. I want to get his stats up. So he's a free agent in my pool right now, and I'm feeling that I might want to pick him up. He's one percent ownership right now. I bet he is. Uh, he's got one goal, three apples, four points, minus two, uh, eight pims. If that's a, a thing in your league, he's six six. He's got twelve shots. Two hundred and twenty seven pounds. He's a Big pile of man. Yeah, he's a big boy, and my but my main concern, Lesko, was that he's that was that he was playing uh, for first line minutes uh, in in practice, and then also at points throughout the game. Now it's very important to note that he wasn't playing all the games on the top line, but he would see minutes on the line. And Lesko, I'm sure it's exactly what you just brought up in his size. I'm sure it's the size that gets him that look up there, and I guess the fact that. You know, he, he is a guy that has a, a scoring touch to him as well. He can set plays up, three assists. So um, maybe an interesting pickup there for, for the next couple a weeks. Scoring touch. A eh? guy that's gonna a guy that's gonna play a lot uh, of games coming up in the next two weeks. Hope so. He's only played twelve or eighteen games in his career so far. So yeah. <laughs> he's on pace to break his career high in games played. Uh, I don't want to go into these next two teams crazy because they're not uh, one of them's not off to a really great start. But Vegas, um, they also play heavy eleven game eleven games in the next nineteen days. Uh, they're Tuesday, Thursday, and then back to back on the weekends. Uh, Patches is um, looking at maybe being back tomorrow, which is Tuesday, so it's Monday, November fifth. They today. need him to get going, so he may be back tomorrow. So he might be. A nice pickup. You could you you might even be able to snag him right now and just put him on the IR and then pay attention. Um, and then lastly would be Dallas. Uh, Dallas, uh, a good pickup for them would be Devin Shore. Uh, Devin Shore right now playing top line minutes. He has eight points in seven games. They've shook things up on yep. the top six. Eh? Yeah, they have. So he's he's got eight points in seven games. Um, and I think uh, at least half of those points have come r- very recently. Since they made the shakeups, like you say, Lesko, um, they're trying to spread the scoring around, and he's actually responding. So it might be a great like uh, bandwagon ad, so to speak, to just jump on that player and see how well he, you can ride him out. And then again, uh, looking at a defenseman, uh, Miro Heiskanen has uh, been dropped quite a bit. I was saw I saw some of the statistics for uh, ads and drops recently, and and, and Heiskanen looks like he's on the way down. So. If you have a D slot open, and again, I come back to that open D slot. If you've got one open, why not take a flyer on a guy that uh, has that upside? Yeah, he's uh, Heisken, and he looks like something. Apparently, that was the key piece that uh, the Senators were looking for uh, in that Carlson, potential Carlson I heard that deal, as well. Yeah. And they were just saying no. They were not letting him go. And when the Leafs played Dallas the other day, they had asked – some of the players about Heiskanen, and they really talked him up about how he was, you know, secret will be out on him soon. Okay, I like that. You know what though? That's isn't that kind of similar to what we heard, what we saw with Klingberg? Yeah, again, he was a guy who didn't quite get his due. His, his due, yeah, it took a while basically right? for people to. 
notice him. And right now, I believe he's leading all NHL defensemen in points. Well, come on, Mo. We got Morgan Riley. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, say about yeah, that. Oh, I did that. not. But he was up there. Yeah, he's up oh, there. but I was taking your word for it. I was just saying Riley's got something to oh, say. I believe about Riley's that. ahead of him now. Oh, he is. His, eh? after oh, after that big win on Saturday. Yeah, uh, great showing on Saturday. We're oh, gonna, we'll get right into. We're it. gonna get right into that when we come back here on the Pucks and Deep podcast with Adam and Josh. We're gonna take a quick fiver here. And uh, we'll be back with some leaf talk for our blue and white faithful coming right up. in behind it and finds Jake Gardner. The Marner over on the right side moves in his slap pass comes up to Morgan Riley and he scores. A power play goal after some great penalty killing and that's Kendall on top of the cake for the Toronto Maple Leafs in a 4 to nothing. Yeah, 4 nothing at that point. Let's go over the Pittsburgh Penguins in a game where the Toronto Maple Leafs seem to find their groove, get some scoring back once again from the back end. Riley with two. It was a great game, man. It was one of their best games of the season for sure. Great game. One of the best games they've played this season. Did you just have to fade me in there? Yeah, I had to fake in audio just a fuck bit. up. Yeah, not really. I mean, you just came in nice and softly. That's, that's fine. That's, that's fine. We'll let it slide. Because the Leafs played, uh, yeah, one of their best games of the season on Saturday night. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, good to good to see. Sorry, man. Uh, improving the uh, improving that road record. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> the six and zero on the road. Six and zero on the road. So, um, right off the bat, before we get too far into it. Uh, you know, obviously the, the highlight that we use tends to dictate the conversation right off the bat. But, uh, you know, we'll, we wanted to address some of these uh, Twitter questions. So we did have three uh, Leaf-related Twitter questions. So, again, you'll find us on Twitter, at PuckPod. And uh, we would just love you to be a part of the discussion. So it doesn't have to be Leaf-related. Of course, we did have uh, a fantasy-related question earlier, so that was nice. Basically, if you want to ask us uh, a fantasy question, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on it. Um, you know, as soon as we get it, we'll touch on it on the next pod. If uh, it's if it's league related, then let's go. That's just a great opportunity for us to to use that as kickstarting a, a topic of conversation. Would it not be? There are no stupid questions, people. That's right. It's true. Um, and then finally, if it is leaf related, as these three are, um, then of course we will touch on them uh, likely at the start of each and every leaf segment. Uh, that way, uh, again, it just kickstarts the conversation. So I know at least one of you here uh, with these questions uh, being asked is not a Leaf fan. So, um, you know, don't feel don't feel like you have to ask uh, Leaf questions because we uh, we know everything, don't we, Lesko? We fucking know everything. 
Some of us. All right. I got a little excited there. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. All right. Well, let's lead it off here. So the first one, uh, these are in no general order. Um, I just wrote them down as I saw them on Twitter. So um, at Austin Taveras, that's at Austin Taveras, a confused gentleman uh, on the Twitter sphere. He says he wants to know our thoughts on the following. He says he likes what Riley has done so far this season and that Hyman brings it every single shift, wants to know. Uh, what our thoughts are on these two players early on in the season. What's there not to like about Morgan Riley's game right now? I mean, he's playing on another level. And, you know, I remember the conversation around him the last couple of seasons was basically the discussion, is he, is he a true number one? Well, I think we can put that to bed if you ask me right now. Um, I And I had a lot of, you know, belief in him last year. And if he wasn't playing with that fucking boat anchor uh, Ron Hainsey <laughs> he he would be looking better and I noticed actually it appeared in the last couple of games that uh, Hainsey's minutes have gone down while Riley's has gone up where he's been out in different situations with other uh, other guys right and I mean I don't know is it a, is it the kind of situation where and I'm not comparing Riley to Carlson I'm just saying the dynamic of the pairing is it not somewhat similar to the Eric Carlson being paired with um oh my god how is his name uh escaping me mark mathot a stay-at-home <clears throat> guy yeah when he was paired with mark mathot but i think mark mathot was a little bit more of an efficient uh player out there you know reliable i guess i could say that's what um, you need reliable you stay do at need home. that but i mean like i don't know the guy won a cup right so how can you be that upset with him like he was he was able to get it done at, at the at the most important time yeah he's just old wheels are coming off but yeah it's nonetheless true. riley with two uh beautiful snipes there on the on the weekend against Pittsburgh and man, when that guy's flying, like just, he does so much because not only is he bringing the puck out of the zone, but he's bringing it into the zone a lot too. And you see on that, that first beauty he scored where he jumped in the play, started the play yeah, at that the was Leafs nice. end yeah. and continued to tear up the ice and didn't drive any coverage whatsoever in that situation. He just managed to fly through there and, that's what happens though when you got a mobile defenseman jumps in the rush, all of a sudden that you know, uh, inside the opposition blue line they're being outnumbered. I love the fact too that like he's not afraid to shoot. No, not at all. He I really comes, like he that. comes ripping down the sideboards and and uh, fires one off, and that's what I like to see. It's I, I mean he's he's been doing this for years. It's no surprise. Well, actually, it's I was just. Yeah, I was I I just pulled that up too. It it really has gotten better with each season. And I mean, he has played um starting in 2013-14, that was his fewest games played and it was 73. So the guy plays a lot, right? Plays most of the season. So factoring in most of these being almost complete seasons or full seasons like they are in 2015-16, he goes in shots, he goes 96 to 148 to 167 to 171 to 182. You see where I'm going with this. He's just going up and up and up on the shot category. Now, his shooting percentage as a result is going down from mid fives 
down to mid threes. But I'll take a mid threes shooting percentage from a well, defenseman. He's a defenseman. We he's don't. Sh- yeah, we don't most require most of his perimeter. Right? Yeah, exactly. We don't require his shots to go in. We require them to be on net, and yeah. that's the category that I'm looking uh, at. Up near which anybody's is face. Shot. Yeah. What was the other part of the question? Zach Hyman, right? Well, yeah, what, Zach what's Hyman, I'm saying? Yeah. We love Zach Hyman. There's no, we can we've gone on about him enough. I think. I love Zach Hyman. He's he's going to be my next jersey. Uh, he's the man. Every time I watch, I just see the five-on-five impact that he has on whatever line he is on, and he has played on several different lines. And the only thing that remains the same is that five-on-five, you're you're most likely not being scored on five-on-five. And then his hands are made of cement. Yeah, He gets a bad rap because he plays with great players and can't finish, but, man, does he not do everything right. Uh, He just creates so much opportunity. Yeah, he creates so much opportunity. I've said before that he reminds me of Gary Roberts, except just wouldn't. With no not talent. as mean, <laughs> not as mean essentially. Sure, yeah, that's true. And Gary Robs could score, yeah, so we'll see if Hyman can figure that part All right, out. On to question number two. Um, at M. Farrell asks uh, on October twenty fourth again. So this one's a little old, but at that time he asks, "What's wrong with the Leafs' offense?" And this was a question leading into the the weekend, even. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, this question he asked it on October twenty fourth, and it lasted up until Saturday. <laughs> Basically, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? We kept forgetting to do the questions. To be honest with you, well, not that we kept forgetting. We wanted more, right? We wanted and a couple we more forgot, questions. Though. Yeah, but we there was twice of... we, were, we intended on doing it. We didn't yeah, do it. We also ran out of time. Which yeah, is well, another big deal. How did we ever run out of time oh, on well, this show? Big deal. Anyhow, um, okay, so I don't really know where I want to go with this. Let's go. I I think that it has a lot to do with our futility on the road, and I really have a lot invested in this whole matchup thing and making sure that certain players are on the ice against other players. And when we're on the road, we can't really do that. So our players just play. It's funny because it's the only thing I can think of, like discernible difference between their games at home and on the road. I mean, I know you, you might get a little more fired up on the road. You know, you're out there and there's, you got a routine, whereas you know, at home you were a lot more comfortable, but I mean, you got to think. At, it seems in a couple of those games, the effort just wasn't there. Yeah. Um, mind you, they had a good effort against Dallas. It wasn't reward or weren't rewarded with a win after that. I agree. So, the I guess the way to answer the question is that is there. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think after they've produced as you know ferociously as they did in the first while. To see what they have gone through, it's a little more magnified. It's shocking. It, it, it is. Yeah, well, the first part was shocking, and now the, the main fall focus off is recently shocking. has been at home, right? Yeah. Is the fact that they hadn't uh, they scored three goals in three games, right? And they can't score in the first two periods. Yeah, and then they go to and then they play Pittsburgh. You know, it's like, well, no, no problem. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, what is going on there? Well, I, I'm liking. Uh, I've been saying to a couple of my Leaf buddies that um, Leaf things we have a hashtag that we joke about hashtag leaf things you know uh when someone comes in and he hasn't scored a goal in uh 311 days and he buries against us and it's like of course he did yeah like of course he did let me guess he was from toronto too or whatever it is you know (laughs) 
whatever it is, when there's some sort of minor fucking storyline, the player's like, oh, I'm yeah. playing in Toronto. He's red hot. He'll score. tear it up. He hasn't scored in 100 games. He'll tear he'll it up. Yeah. So leave things. <laughs> Who is... was it the other night? I don't, I don't it's remember everyone. who it was. It's everyone. <laughs> there, but, was, there was one the other day. But, uh, but that thing is actually, that is actually stopping. Like LA, I remember back when we played LA, they had not scored a power play goal. And they said it like three times on the broadcast. And I was like, I'm telling you. They're going to allow it. And then they didn't. And I was like, oh, okay. Then there was another time someone came in and they were a leaf killer and they didn't get any points. And I said, okay, that's another one. Like, that's another one. And then the Crosby thing just happened. Were you answering the question? How did we get here? (laughs) Oh, I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. What's next? Next question. Uh, (laughs) Jeez. I was just wondering how we got there again. Talk about organic uh, switching of the guard here. That um, was the third time that's happened to us. Next question. Uh, at Lee Godden asks if Matthews hit a wall. And that was before his injury. So yeah, Jacob he, Truba. <laughs> yeah, he obviously didn't mean that literally. Lee no. predicted the injury. That's it's what I thought. It's your fault, Lee. It's your fault, Lee. It's all your fault. You cocksucker. Thanks a lot. So, but you know what though, it it, it does deserve um, to be addressed. I think uh, at that point, just before um, when when Lee, you know, said that, that would have been prior to the second game against Winnipeg, when he did. Uh, he hadn't scored in four games, right? Or yeah, three it was. Games? Yeah, no, it was just over four games. Four games, and then however many shifts he got uh, in that in that fifth game. So let's say he didn't. Well, obviously he didn't score. So yeah, you're right. It shows up as five. GP uh, in the stat line, five games played without a goal. So, I mean, I don't know. Would you be concerned? I don't think I'm really concerned. I might be concerned last year or the year before, as I was when he went through some some, some trying times. But um, I'm, I feel like I'm just not because I know for a fact that they will come. For a fact. Yeah, for sure. Come. I think what we saw in those games where he was getting held off the score sheet, his line got outplayed quite badly in those nights. Um, you know, you take away some of the talent that he's used to playing with, uh, guys who drive possession, guys who drive, you know, controlled zone entries and exits. It makes a huge difference. And I think on some of those nights, they were getting outplayed by uh, some of those top-line matchups. All right, so that's it for our Twitter uh, questions. We'd like to thank everybody for uh, sending those in. And uh, hopefully you feel the need to follow along and be a part of the discussion because, like we say, we really enjoy, uh, you know, the opportunity to kind of touch on things that you're thinking when you're listening to the podcast. And even if it has anything to do with, uh, what we say, let's go some gaming or uh, fucking wrestling or, like, anything. any kind of shit that you hear us talk anything. about. Or, or even if we don't talk about it, fuck, go ahead. Yeah, go nuts, I guess, right? So um, where do we want to head from here? Well, I probably... I guess we would talk a little bit more about some of the games, recent games anyway, with the team. That Penguins game? Um, that Penguins game, obviously phenomenal. Like I said earlier in the pod, um, you know, the most, one of the most complete games that they have put together thus far this season, I would argue. Uh, they they outpossessed Pittsburgh. Uh, they defended very strongly. Anderson, outstanding, obviously, with the shutout. Tavares, um, um, matched up against Crosby, did a fantastic job we talked about riley just a few seconds ago and how he really stood out in that game and mitch marner doing absolute just absolute ridiculous stuff out there and driving so much offense and possession for the leafs 
walking guys left and right. Creative plays just it, it gets it keeps getting better with him. It does, and I mean, you know what? This is not a knock against Mitch Marner because he has been good all year. But the question remains: Why is he so much better? when Matthews is out is that an eye test or like the stats are actually there I don't have them in front of me you but might notice some more he is I think, better and I just think he's uh, he's a big game guy like I I, I, agree. I like to believe that he he gets an extra gear when he needs it I mean he was good in the playoffs last year so there's lots I would say there's lots to support that I like that too. You, I think you're right. I think he is a big game player, and I mean, we'll 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 likely discuss uh, you know Nylander versus some of his other teammates uh, through future pods, maybe very future pods from others that have no contracts yet. But you know, <laughs> I agree with that though. He's like he's uh, he's a heart and soul kind of guy. Um, he's he's the kind of player that you would imagine and hope that you know you would see him be on the team for for many years to come and. Uh, he really brings a good effort. I, I, I feel like that was one thing that he did lack a little bit, Lesko, in his first go-around, his second come-around, you know, was you didn't know if he was going to bring it there every night. And I don't mean the effort. The effort was always there, but you just weren't sure if you were going to get the Mitch Marner that, you know, wheels around behind the net there and pivots and skates backwards and goes off the boards to himself kind of thing. Not necessarily super fancy, schmancy plays, but just puck possession and he really drives the play like you say with strong strong possession and the confidence level is really building with him well now we're going to see the numbers as well because he's playing with Tavares we're seeing a reflection in Tavares numbers as well because he's never played with this level of talent before I would argue and it's it's showing up on the stat lines as well um he and Marner's been rewarded in Matthew's absence as well um, being on that top line they're going to play the most. I mean, he was up over 20 minutes in that Penguins game. And, boy, he deserved, he deserved every minute of it, that's yeah, for sure. that's true. But, I, I mean, I the team in more. general, I, I thought even the third and fourth lines, they were you know working hard, winning battles, causing turnovers, good board play, good cycle down low. Um, they they did what they needed to do to win, and that's what we weren't seeing in some of those games that they, that they did lose, namely the one against Calgary where they were just god-awful and they didn't work. Yeah, um, that was just a poor effort, and that's where I was going to go with this. Was for me, it was a, it was a full sixty-minute effort, something that we hadn't seen in quite some time, and um, I really like to see it. I think it was probably the best effort that we've had so far this season, really. Yeah, I thought so as well. And I mean, you got Freddie making uh, twenty-four out of twenty-four even strength saves, uh, five for five on the power play, and uh, two for two shorthanded. So I mean, Penguins were knocking on the door. Um, he played the obviously played a, a great game, full yeah. sixty minutes from the net. Right out, uh, all the way up through. No more October, Freddie. Nine twenty-four save percentage. Goddamn so right. This season, so goddamn right. Can't complain with that. So in the Stars game, I guess a bit of a different thing where they they appeared to play well. You know, it, it's I and I I looked at the stats afterwards, and they they also reflected that idea. Okay, they just couldn't. I capitalize. missed most. I missed most of the game. They couldn't capitalize. Like they got a. Uh, Dallas managed to capitalize on their opportunities, whereas the Leafs did not at all. And get credit due though to the Stars, uh, Hudobin was their, is their backup, right? He he played very well. He made a few really nice saves. Uh, the Leafs outshot them thirty to eighteen. Um, you know, it goes back to the conversation we had earlier about uh, the fear of what's going on with the offense at home. 
which I think is a blip on the radar as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so we won't okay. get back into that. Um, but again, we'll Marner drove the play, drove the offense for the team. Um, I was actually pretty impressed with Levo's play in that game. He's getting decent amount of cycle and he was strong on the power play as well. And uh, he, he's proven that, he, and I was skeptical, but he's proven that this is all working out because he seems to be an NHL for sure. And I wasn't sure because the guy used to never play. His effort is fucking there. Yeah. His and, effort is definitely there. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And I thought Gardner had a good game against Dallas as well. Gardner's been himself. having good games lately. He's, in he's, general. War, he's warming up. We're seeing a little more good Jake lately. It started off poorly, man. Yeah. Like, don't even get me going. Like, no, it I started won't get off you poorly. Going, and I was really excited for Gardner. Like, I still am. Like, I was, it's a contract year. Here we go. You know, he's going to fucking lead everyone in points. He's going to just go off on, on fire. And Doesn't then seem the points will be there, but he's I'm, looking across the fucking bench and he's seeing Morgan Riley doing everything that I was hoping Jake would do, you know. But but Mo is is obviously a, of a different ilk. But uh, you know I'm, what? I saw bits and pieces of that Stars game, Let's Go, and I really paid attention to the end there, like the last couple minutes. I just devoted my attention to my phone. But um, we looked like uh, a team that was in one of those games that. They maybe could have won if they had some puck luck, but the good news is that it, it didn't end up being like 3 or 4-1. And again, I bring that back to the goaltending. Great goaltending kept kept the team in the game while it was only 1 or 2 nothing. It never got to 3 or 4. Yeah. And then the entire bench starts to think about where they're going tonight after the game. Because a regular season loss against Dallas is who gives a fuck city. And I'm going out to the strip club because I heard it's great. <laughs> Heading out to Zanzibar after the Yeah, game. well, whatever. You know what I'm saying, though, right? <laughs> like, we lost two points to a Western Conference team. You know, uh, they. it's easy for young players to potentially check out. But, like, you know, we have guys like Marlowe in the lineup. A guy like Kadri has been around for through the tumultuous years. Of course, Riley as well. I mean, Marlowe scores a goal, finally. He gets a power play goal. I know it's the second of the year, but it feels like finally again, you know? Like, a, a guy that we're hoping to chip in a little bit more. Like, he scores against Dallas, gets the only goal. It's unfortunate, but at least he's there stepping up, showing the guys that, you know, and that was a big goal. I was really relieved to that see was that a really goal, big goal go at, in. at that time. Yeah, yeah, I was really relieved just because it had been a little while since they had scored, and yeah. after the frustrating effort previous to that against Calgary, I was at least less mad after the game, given the fact that there was a fairly decent effort on the Leafs' part, and the fact that they did outplay the stars i thought yeah and you know what when i was paying attention for the last couple minutes it i couldn't believe we didn't bury they're all over them and didn't they leave riley out for like four three or four minutes yeah, yeah he was out, the whole time. was out there almost Gardner, the whole time too yeah it yeah. was it was actually i think you're right. it on. i think gardner may have had a quick switch at one point exactly but, yeah i think gardner went off yeah. for like 30 seconds yeah. and then came back on so that was kind of cool to see man oh man so yeah anyway you know what i'm with you let's go the uh the, the effort has absolutely been there, hands down, no question asked for, for me. Outside of that Calgary game, um, it's starting to uh, to really turn around. And, oh, man, I, I'm loving Freddie. I'm just loving that steady Freddie back there. Like, we're not seeing we're not seeing soft goals, man. We're no. not. No, and we not saw at a all. ton of them last year. Especially in October. And you know what? Frederick Anderson, the thing I love the most about him is it, it's the feeling you have as a fan watching the game, whereas you know that – you're not super worried about the goaltender. Every shot 
as much as I like James Reimer, it's every shot you're like, oh, ah, ah, like you're, Ooh. yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't know for sure. Whereas like Anderson, <laughs> you're there's a fair amount, uh, a level of confidence, I guess, that I haven't had since Belfour, basically. I yeah, yes, Belfour is a great reference, Cujo. Yeah, right? even, like, and before that, but before that's a that, long yeah. gap. It's just like this. The Too number long. one center thing. We hadn't had a number one center since Sunday when he leave. Oh seven, oh eight. Like it's been oh, a minute. Oh man, back when, back when weed was illegal. Yeah, what a terrible, <laughs> terrible time. The Leafs were terrible. <laughs> the buds were terrible, and they were also illegal. <laughs> oh man, that would be illegal to win. All right, where do you want to head to from here? Buck ten. We're right, we're right. Yeah, we're right in our right nice, in our wheelhouse. We're right in our wheelhouse. We got another. We can stretch it for another five or ten if we wanted to. But you know, unless uh, what do you what do you feel? I, I think we got those games covered nicely there. Pretty, yeah, pretty quickly. What do we got on the horizon here? I just had that up here. Let me flip back over to it. On the horizon, we've got Vegas on oh, Tuesday. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So tomorrow we go to Vegas, and then Friday, um, or sorry, it's it's at home. It's at home against Vegas tomorrow. Oh, that's good. At home on Friday against New Jersey, and then a quick uh, shuttle over to Boston. Friday uh, and Saturday. Friday this and weekend. Saturday. New Jersey, Boston, back to back. Book your calendars. But you know what though? We're we're two days off before and two days off after. We don't get back to action until we go out to LA. We're on the road starting Saturday at Boston. And then two days off at L.A. The real then telltale. Then a day off, and then the California trip continues, San Jose, Anaheim. So we got an interesting schedule coming up, man. The game that's going to tell the story for me is the one against the Bruins on Saturday. Coming off that back-to-back, I'm not sure if that's going to be the game. Maybe we see Garrett Sparks. Could be Friday against New Jersey instead. It's got to be Friday against New Jersey. Think. You can't afford to give the two points to Boston. No, we, not the at goal all. this year is to finish ahead of those cuts. Either one of those guys. Like we can't like, yeah, we need to finish first. You just drop the first C bomb. Yeah. Well, podcast uh, yeah, history. well whatever. We got listeners in <laughs> we got listeners in uh in the UK, bud. They love Maybe it. Maybe none of them are girls. We got the listeners in no, we got listeners in the UK. They use that fucking word like butter over there. <laughs> <laughs> like marmite. It's true. That's true. Actually, you know the funny thing about it is I've been wa- I've been watching like U- like UK related comedy and like, like the UK Office. No, not no, not definitely not because I tried that and I didn't really care much for it. But I there, can't do UK there, TV at all. There are some like UK stand ups that are pretty hilarious because of the accent and most of the time and i mean like i'm gonna offend, Dude, laughing I'm gonna, at their accent oh i'm gonna offend some people <laughs> i'm gonna offend some people right now but like all right if i had to rank my accents in terms of oh you know i really love an australian accent oh yeah super sexy blah 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 whatever whatever i'm probably dropping the british accent down a little bit i don't know it's just me right some people really love it they think it's a turn on all this other stuff i'm kind of like yeah i don't know but then i listen to Hard some no. I listened to some comedy though, and it's pretty funny. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they do just drop that word around like it's nobody's business. Like, doesn't matter uh, what they're talking about, they'll they'll drop that. Well, that was an that. Australian thing. Like Jim Jeffries does it all the time. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, a big English that's a thing. Huge, huge part of his gig. Yeah, anyway. Bruins game though that would be the one to circle on the calendar. They boys better be fired up for that one. Yeah, you can't give two points away to to Boston. You got to finish ahead of Boston. You got to f- try your best to finish ahead of Tampa and Boston. Totally. I mean, you, 
or collectively, I mean, yeah, it, it just paves the way for an easier playoff. And I mean, at this point in time, we don't know what our playoff roster is going to look like. So we're not going to have William Nylander to play on Saturday against Boston. You don't know that. Well, yeah, fuck. What, you think he's coming back for Saturday? No. <laughs> well, then when's he coming back, man? If he's not coming back on well, Saturday, when's he fucking the, coming back? We didn't back? do the would you rather. All right, we'll open it up then. We're, so, we're, so we're would testing you rather, the waters on a new segment here. Okay, so would you rather... Would you rather segment. Give Willie what he wants, at, which... And I'm saying... At Puck We'll say $8 million. You know, for, yeah, okay. And That's I've a good number. And I've heard recently that this number could be closer to seven, okay. and that the Leafs aren't there at the moment. They're holding steady less than seven and six something i guess good anyway would you rather give him what he wants say it's eight million just for argument's sake or would you rather trade him at this point trade you'd rather trade him 100 percent. okay i just the only reason why i'm saying this people are gonna fucking go crazy and think i'm an idiot for saying it but the only reason why i'm saying this is that solely because i do not want to go through this again with less money Next year, with more important players, being Matthews and Marner, we need Matthews and Marner more than we need Nylander. I like that is my opinion. Wrap it up in a fucking bow and throw it in the green bin. I don't care, but that's my opinion, and I think most people would agree with that. And if we give in to him, that is going to negatively affect our ability to negotiate smoothly with more important players. And those guys are more important and we need negotiations to go smoothly because quite frankly, we don't need William Nylander and I don't even fucking try and call me a sheep for saying that we don't need Nylander. We do need Nylander. He's amazing. But I'm just saying the team, the team's success as far as cups are concerned does not revolve around William Nylander. End of story. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, give him, give him the money. Because, Show me the money. Well, I just think give him the money. Because and then what? I, you know why? It's because I'm losing my patience with it, and I think it could reach a point whereas Dubis just needs to reevaluate a strategy because right now he's sticking to his guns, right? And so he should. But would he get to a point where he thinks that okay, you know what? Maybe I'm gonna have to pay a little bit more here to get the contract that I want or the term that the Leafs want in order to end this and take advantage of the team that they can ice this season, especially and just give him what he that. wants and then deal with the rest of it later. I.e. Okay. We're going to have to shed somebody's contract. We're going to have to do some more maneuverings outside of what we originally planned to give William Nylander. Ugh. Okay. We got to find 1.5 because if they're offering him six, five right now yeah. and it, he wants eight, say they gave him eight and I still think that's high. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, say yeah. if say they're just what had to give it to I'm him and get him it. signed yeah. Yeah. 1.5. I feel like they can do something. I mean, that's yeah, a good point. Yeah, you don't want to see a guy like Brown or somebody go, but Brown. I've and I don't know how. I, what has been Brown? What has Brown been doing? I don't know. He's got he, he's PK special. He's got to score some goals, oh, but I would man. like to see garbage. I haven't thought about this far enough to actually dig into it and say what does what would they have to do to make this happen? I'm sure somebody's done it out there at this point to like if they had to overpay for him essentially. Well, what's his name? Brandon Pridham. I'm sure he's looking into it. Is it Pridham, the cap geek or whatever? Yeah, I would like to think that they're looking at all scenarios at this point, not just 
solely stick sticking to their original plan. The problem is though, man, is like uh, I don't know. Like, are you really willing to go all in on one season and risk the longevity with two more players that are arguably more impactful? I don't think it's going to risk too much for them. To be honest, I don't. I don't think it impacts their deals too much. See, but let me ask you then: How much do you think Matthews is going to get? Well, that's the, that's the interesting part is that you hear that people are like, "Well, he's going to get twelve, and could Marner ask for 10? He's They're, getting sixteen percent of whatever I mean, it is. That's really, you know, what the assumption is that Matthews is going to get more than Tavares, and I'm sure has every course, right to ask. Of course, for he it. will, but it's not but numbers anymore. It's not numbers related. You got to look at the look at contracts historically. How often have we seen this situation where someone's like, oh, I know I, I'm going to sit out this long and take my sweet-ass time, where guys like Morgan Riley a few years ago, $5 million or $5.5 million over five years? Yep, sure. Love being in Toronto. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, though, man, is the, the NHL is generally like archaic in the sense that they they take a really long time to come around to certain economical evolutions that other sports take like um opt outs right like when is the nhl going to start allowing opt outs for like superstar players that can sign a deal here and have an opt out after year number two like those things need to be allowed to happen otherwise we're never going to see any of these well sorry i shouldn't say ever what would happen let's go is is i feel like too far too, far too many times we would end up seeing a generational-ish talented player not win anything because he's stuck in a garbage organization. Yeah, well, Meanwhile, they signed with that, that organization. garbage organization. Yeah, but he got drafted and he had to sign with them. Let's go. Yeah, for three years. Well, then what are you going to do? Not fucking play for three years just because the team sucks? Yeah, you sign for them three years, but three years is not your whole career. I mean, no, I guess you're, you're right. A, if you're going to be that kind of player, you're going to be there longer than three years. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You have time to yeah, figure and you're it gonna, out. And you're going to improve, and you're going to improve, obviously, in those three years, right? And yeah. and impress people around you. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's but How just, does it relate to the Leafs is the ultimate question. <laughs> well, I mean, look at it this way, man. Like, what what's the, cap's, what's the cap going to be next year? Like, 83? It's going up. What was it this year? going up what was it this year i don't know 80 80 like so at if the cap is 83 million 16 percent of 83 million is 13.28 so there's your number for matthews now i don't think he's necessarily going to take the full 16 so no, and the leafs are going to fight him on it and so let's all, give him let's give him we a, know they have this deal him a done because that's the word i heard is that i think it was friedman who said that they have this deal done for so Matthews, get, they just haven't announced it yet. Let's give them a discount and say 83 uh, cap times 13%. I could see him end cap. up at 11 million. That's 10 that's 10.8. So like you're you're right. It's like, 11 million. A little bit of a discount though, but that that's that's too much in my opinion. Yeah, he's still an RFA, so but they're going to give him whatever he wants No, I don't he's mean I, I don't mean dude, I don't mean too much. I meant uh I already forget what I was talking about when I said too much. I didn't mean too much money to pay Matthews. Um, I meant that's too much of a gap for him to drop down from 16%, which would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 13.3. That's what I've been saying. I've been saying he rightfully can ask for 13.5. 
That's what he rightfully will be able to ask for. I would assume, but we'll, you know, we'll, f- we'll see how the rest of the season goes because that's going to have a lot to do with it. But listen, though, thirteen, thir- let's say the cap is eighty-one million. So sixteen percent of that is is thirteen. It's just under thirteen mil. Okay, so if we went with a, a player like John Tavares' caliber, a guy like that would um, be worth. The sixteen percent number of your cap, which is what the other superstar players have been signing for in the last handful of years. So, if you use the sixteen percent number, John Tavares took approximately a one point eight million dollar discount. See what I like about John See, Tavares so now, is now he we're set able the bar to, though. But he, no, I agree. He now, took less to come to the Leafs. I agree, so. and now we're able to use that as a slight domino moving forward. So, if we said that Matthews was worth. 13.3 that's going to be his 16 percent i'd like to see the formulas that the maple leafs use because apparently they actually have formulas to determine value like they use math to, yes. to calculate Pridham. what people are are worth it's pretty right like they have their own metrics that they use so it's not like they're going and they're like yeah, me and a bunch of old hockey men think you're worth this much. Yeah, and we talked this, about we talked we about just, Pasternak, and we yeah, talked about Ehlers, it wasn't like, just uh, it wasn't just Cliff Fletcher getting, putting a number on it, right? They actually have formulas and uh, I guess a, a system of numbers where they come up with values for players, not just on the on the current roster, but around the league. Yeah, like honestly, I I, I get a little bit annoyed when everyone talks the following two things. They talk comparables and they talk in dollar dollar amounts only and that's that's all you fucking hear is well this guy gets this and this guy gets this and i don't want to fucking hear about a number that a guy signed unless it was extremely recent now the pasternak deal and of course the ehlers deal they are recent so we can talk about those things they're the most but, comparables that they but have we can't though because like it's still going to go up it's still the cap is still going to go up so that number it becomes less relevant it doesn't become irrelevant but it becomes less relevant because now the the general cap has moved up therefore 16% is now a new number and now if we're talking about discounts we're probably thinking that Matthews is taking a discount if he takes 125 and leaves a mill on the table I haven't actually looked at the numbers to see what they can afford to pay them, but I know the combined hit, I guess, I think it was Pittsburgh, had one of the higher combined cap hits of their superstar players uh, when they most recently won the Stanley Cups there. And it was somewhere around 40 to 45%, I believe, and that's like with Phil, Gino, yeah. Sid, yeah. Um, I think uh, Flower. Latang, maybe? One. Maybe Latang. I, I remember that. Remember. I remember that. But it was yeah. all their top players, essentially, and what the combined cap hit was, and... So it's like, okay, well, where where did, could the Leafs be if you're trying to guesstimate whatever these players? That's are That's a fine end comparable too. The, it, for me, it's not comparing like the talent or the value. It's it's comparing the yeah. structure. If I'm the Maple Leafs, though, well, I I mean, from a negotiation standpoint, if I'm the Leafs, I'm like, you're not David Pasternak, so you're not getting six point six. And that's probably why they're they're in. Fuck. I couldn't I couldn't imagine if they're over that number right now. But it seems my guess, if I were to guess, throwing one out there for him to get, throwing one out there, I think he's going to end up getting seven to get the deal done. That's what I've been hovering around to. I will be extremely ecstatic if it is six point seven five or lower. 
<laughs> I think that would be a, a a great a great win. Six, I just think six point seven five over seven years, or whatever it is. I don't know. The players get their long term deals, and well, they got to get them signed. That's for sure. Well, Make for a much more it's exciting November fifth. We got twenty five days remaining left. Starting the clock, the Nylander countdown clock. We're gonna have. Uh, two more pods so in in two more pods from now we're going to be sitting right fucking here and i want to ask you now do you think we're going to be sitting here with Nylander jerseys on or are we going to be sitting here talking about the newly acquired no player? even if he or will or sorry or a third <laughs> option will be are we going to continue gonna waiting get traded by the end of the month well because we're only going to be having four days left if he hasn't done anything and we don't know yet there's only going to be four days left because we record every monday yeah. So the fri the the first of December is a Friday, so that'll leave us with four days to try and decide what the fuck is going to happen. Well, what I do you think? I don't own a Nylander jersey. I know. I was just figured, and I would say. definitely get Marner instead. Me too. Especially now, <laughs> I do have. I a, mean, if I could I have, have a Marner. if I could have somebody's hair, I would take William Nylander's. Sure. Hair. Well, he's Swedish. Like you'd obviously want to have his meatballs Sick too if you could. Flow. No, I don't want his. <laughs> That sounded so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. To you. Most oh. of our listeners are probably upstanding oh. citizens and not fucking Dude. perverts like you. Jesus Christ. You fucking. You're sewering me. You fucking peeping Tom. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is going off the rails. Shut it down. <laughs> All right, my man. So, listen, that was pretty solid. Um, I thought we were going to kind of maybe push that, but... Uh, I think that was actually pretty solid. So, round it up, rounding it up, playing us off like the fucking Oscars, right? Yep, hang them up. See you All right. next week. So, well, listen, uh, your your final. I never got an answer from you. You got to give me an answer then. What? What's what's the Nylander situation going to be like in two pods from now? They're going to sign him. Fuck. He'll be on the Leafs. I'm saying it the whole time. Okay, my guess is he won't be, and we won't know what's going on. And it'll be four days left, and I'll be like, I fucking told you so. The best part about it, it's say if it is settled, I, I guess I guess we'll have an answer as to whether or not he's playing this season. The best part about it is we don't have to talk about it anymore. You're right. You've you've been impatient with this from day one, <laughs> like from our literally our first recording. Yeah. The first well, thing when there's hockey, the first going fucking on, right? thing you said to me was, I don't want to talk about Neil. It Leonard. sucks like, to be okay. talking about contracts when there's fucking hockey. I know, going but this on, is right? huge. Like this is now becoming a huge deal, and it gets yeah. bigger every day, and it's going to accumulate on December first. If nothing has happened, it's going to be fucking crazy, and I don't think he's coming back. So, we'll see, and we will see you next week. It's been episode nine. It's been great. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for listening. As always, follow us at PuckPod on Twitter, at Coleman42, and at Let's Go Adam. Fire us some questions. Fire us your thoughts. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will see you once again next week. <laughs>